Testing, testing, testing. All right, hey, welcome to Stay at Home Dads Podcast, the place I talk about a lot of dad stuff as well as a lot of guy stuff, anything really for that matter. I am your host, Justin, so I actually hope you know that by now. And if you're new to the show, then welcome. And if you're a returning listener, then thanks for coming back, I guess. So I have been doing this on this day thing for a while now, and I've come to the uh, realization or I've seen the pattern that they're all sad. They're just sad facts. Maybe that could be a new name for the segment. Hey, today on Sad Facts. But anyways, I'm going to do a couple more. So on this day, April 22nd, back in 1981, there was $3.3 million stolen from a bank in Tucson, Arizona. And it was actually the largest U.S. bank robbery at the time, anyways. And it's pretty interesting. Three guys supposedly planned this thing. Must have been way in advance. It was no midday heists like you see in the movies, you know what I mean? Everybody freeze! Everybody move! So these guys went early in the morning, went to the bank. It was being opened up for cleaning, so there was no guests, there was no tellers or anything like that. They took the janitor and the branch manager, you know, they were there getting ready for the the whole day, and uh, they took them hostage. Forced the manager to open up the vault, you know, pretty slick, right? That's a pretty decent plan. Well, anyways, I mean, didn't work out like all bank heists. They, They were caught a few months later in other states, and I guess they were supposedly involved in a few other bank robberies and jewelry heists in California and in Arizona. They had millions of dollars in jewelry and cash and all that stuff. So they were, they were cleaning up big time. So have you ever thought about robbing a bank? I know that was kind of a stupid question, but, uh, and I didn't think so. It's just kind of funny to think about. There's all these bank robbery movies and stuff. Sure. You know, we all want that money. We think it's going to change our lives or whatever, but Robbing a bank is just not in the realm of possibilities for, I think, rational, normal-thinking people. And I know it even sounds kind of stupid talking about it, but but people do it. It's kind of crazy. It's a it's a weird, it's a weird thought, desperation. I don't know. It's just I can't I can't comprehend it because I'd never do it. But the desperation just must be very abundant. You know, they think there's no way out. There's no other answers or solutions. I mean, I, I, I remember this, this bank heist. You probably remember it as well. Not that I was there. This was in the 90s, and it was out in California, and it must have been, I don't know, mid-90s, early 90s, and these guys robbed this bank, but they had, they had body armor on, and they had a bunch of weapons, and they came out just blazing out of this bank and, and shooting at police and everything else, and then it was, I think there was a car chase and a, a subsequent second shooting, and it was just, uh, yeah, it was a long time ago, but it was, uh, it was crazy. I remember seeing it on, on the news and on TV and they, they, people still talk about it all the time. You can find footage of it from the helicopter and all that. Anyways, uh, moving on from that, the last one I have is Nixon on April 22nd, 1994. He died of a stroke. See now, uh, more, more depression fuel, more, more sad facts, more sad stories. He was 81 though. So he lived a pretty long life and, uh, and that's that, I guess. So anyways, moving on from that uh, terrible and depressing opener that I just did, I wanted to talk about masks. 
for just a minute. Oh yes, COVID masks, face coverings. Can I even say the word COVID anymore? I feel like that's taboo and you can't say it and certain outlets will flag that. But anyways, I'll say it. I don't care. It's been a long time coming. Uh, two years, right? Mask mandates and requirements and and all that stuff. It's It's been crazy. It's, it's something that none of us thought would be a thing. And here in Indiana, it's actually been been pretty good. It's been really relaxed. Not that I'm a I'm a super anti-mask or a, a super pro-mask. I'm just kind of middle of the road. But yeah, it's been real relaxed here. I mean, especially compared to some states and some cities, <coughs> California. Um, anyways, in some other places. We actually haven't had an indoor mask mandate for quite a while. I, I think it actually got lifted last year. So yeah, it's been a while. And actually in school, my oldest daughter is in first grade and they've had a mask requirement and that actually just got lifted about a month ago. So it went from required to recommended. And well, we know what recommended really means to a lot of people, right? They gone. Masks are pretty much gone. So almost entirely for the most part from my daughter's school. There are still a few kids that wear them and stuff, which is, is totally fine. You know, you do what you want to do. And I still even see some adults wearing them out and about shopping and stuff like that. I actually saw a guy jogging yesterday and he had one on and it was around his chin. So it wasn't even on his face and he was jogging alone. So I don't really understand that. I don't, I don't understand the logic there, but uh, whatever, dude. Maybe you want to keep your chin warm or something. And we gave Olivia, my my first grader, we gave her the option to wear it or not. She was always so concerned with wearing a mask for, for the longest time since this whole thing started. She was very on top of it, I guess. She would always put it on in the car on the way going to places, even if I told her, hey, sweetie, you don't have to put that on your face yet. We're not around anybody. You're not at school. We're not at a store that requires it or whatever. She would always she would always put it on. And well, anyways, we gave her the option to let her choose if she wanted to wear it or not. And I don't know, it lasted like five days, four days or something. So she wore it for a few more days and then she felt like, you know, she didn't have to. So and maybe that's uh, seeing her friends without it, seeing probably even teachers without it since that mask mandate was dropped. Um, but we're fine with that. We wanted her to know that she could make her own decision. She could make that choice for herself, that she had that little bit of power, I guess. And her little sister, on the other hand, uh, Kennedy, my four-year-old, she still wears one to her pre-K school, which that school actually still requires it. It's not affiliated with the, the school system here, so they still require a mask. And I actually think it's probably going to be there until the end of the year. I mean, we're almost to the end of the year already, so... It's just kind of funny how things tend to go right back to the quote-unquote the normal. The whole country was all over the place with opinions. Certain states or certain counties even had different rules. And now that it's all really kind of going back to the way it was, going back to normal, it's kind of like nothing ever happened. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy, just an observation though. So no more mask while out shopping and no more mask while working out at the gym, thank God. And uh, no more at schools, which I think it's great for the kids. I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. 
I think it's good for them to see faces of their peers and their teachers and the smiles and all that stuff and not feel like they're going to get sick at every turn in their lives, you know? And at our school system here, we get emails every week that kind of shows us where the COVID numbers are at. And since we've gone away from the whole mask thing, we haven't seen a huge spike in, in COVID numbers. So that is uh that's a good thing. That's a, that's a, that's a positive thing. So we can, you know, hopefully keep trending in, in that direction. I mean, my daughter's whole time in school up to this point, she was in a mask, all of kindergarten, she was in a mask and then all of first grade up until now. So that's a, that's a long ass time. She, she's never even been able to experience what school was like without having something on her face. Well, now, finally, we are getting into the airline stuff, possibly the last place where there's a bunch of controversy around masking. And that's kind of what mainly put this whole mask little topic that I'm talking about in my head. I saw actually on the news, some major airlines were lifting it, but the CDC said that they wanted to keep a keep a mask mandate in place and then a judge blocked it but then there's still some airport facilities that are still requiring it so it's like jesus really uh can we maybe get on the same page here maybe uh we could all kind of streamline this a little bit it's kind of the same with the with the mandates between counties and in states and everything else it was just if you were traveling you didn't know what in the hell the procedure was but i kind of think that this is the exact way we expect the government to run. So, so yeah. And I guess the CDC is actually worried about losing that ability to mandate stuff, mandate guidelines, I guess. That if a judge is able to block what the CDC requires or recommends, then, then what does that mean for the CDC? Especially when the CDC is supposedly the top tier level of science and knowledge when it comes to things like this diseases and uh, health and now they think that they can't do what they deem is necessary um i don't know i actually talked to a friend of mine and she said she was taking a flight here soon and i asked her what the plan would be what uh what her thoughts were and she said that she would actually just bring a mask just in case there was any sort of trouble or any weird requirements from airport to airport. And I think that's good. I think this should all just be left up to the people at this point. And I'm not going to get into the effectiveness of masks or any of that debate. I'm not going to I'm not going to go there. But I think if you don't want to wear one then then you don't. And if you do and it would make you feel safer if you had one on, then you do it. It's I don't know, it's pretty cut and dry, pretty simple to me. But then we kind of get into the situation that what if you're a passenger on a plane and you go sit down, you take your seat, and then your seatmate or someone sits down next to you, and they're all masked up, and you're not. And they start giving you the dirty looks, you know? Or what if they even ask you, hey, could you put a mask on? What do you, what do, you do in that situation? Do you, do you play the this is America card, you know, and you puff up your chest and you tell them to stick it up their ass and you create a huge scene and inconvenience a bunch of people or hell, even get into a possible altercation. 
you know there's there's people that do that. That's where all these plane fights come from. Ooh, new show, new show, plane fights. I mean, we're all into reality TV, but anyways. Or I guess you could just, uh, you know, if you don't want to do that that extreme, this is America thing, maybe you just uh, say no thanks and ignore them. And uh, that's a possibility to do that as well. You don't have to get into someone's face, right? Or third, third option, you have the mask in your pocket because it's there just in case, right? So do you say, okay, I'll, I'll put one on if it makes you feel more comfortable, which I can't imagine anyone asking someone to actually do that, but I think it's going to be more of the dirty look approach instead of actually just saying, hey, you know, uh, could you put that on? It would make me feel better. So I don't, I don't think people are that vocal. But either way, so what would what what approach would you take? And I kind of get it in some way that complying with some stranger to put a mask on your face kind of feeds into this narrative of the the loudest dog gets the attention, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, or maybe it could even expose the the Karens in a way. This this whole I don't feel safe attitude, and they're gonna try to impose that onto other people when it's, you know, perfectly within your right if the mass mandate is dropped and you're doing nothing wrong. So, I don't know. There's some entitlement there, maybe. People think that they can tell other people what to do. So, I think it just has the potential to be problematic, maybe. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I'm just trying to lay out all the options, but there are the uh, certain individuals, so that will have problems. So we'll see, I guess. And on the flip side, though, I don't want to create a scene and we all don't know what other people's stories are. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what people's health conditions are like. So there's kind of that aspect. There's that other layer there as well. And you don't want to get into an argument with some guy and come to find out that their wife has a compromised immune system Maybe she had cancer, maybe there's just some shit going on and you just argued with them about rights and all they want to do, their only goal is to not get sick, to bring something home to a family member or a loved one or something like that. So I don't know, it's just, you know, we kind of got to think about, I don't want to say other people's feelings, that sounds really weird, it sounds really, I don't know. But we don't, we don't know what other people are going through. That's all I'm saying. Same thing I would say if you're driving in a car and you, someone cuts you off. Like, you don't know what's going on in that car. You don't know what's happening. So try to reserve chasing after them and giving them the finger, you know, because we don't know what's happening in their life. So something like that. Actually, the only place that I wouldn't mind seeing masks stick around is in the kitchen in the commercial kitchens, at restaurants or whatever, and not really from a COVID aspect, just from a coughing aspect or someone's hot, stanky breath breathing on my food. Uh, Yeah, I would like to kind of limit that just a little bit. But anyways, all right, uh, moving on here to something a bit more positive. Well, a lot more positive, actually, and that is my anniversary is today. 
Yes, as I record this, it's my 10-year anniversary today. Um, And that's a big deal in my book. My wife and I have been together for about 17 years, if my memory serves correct. And 10 of those, we've been married. So, wow, that sounds like sounds like a long time when I say it out loud. That's pretty cool, though. So I figured for this big milestone, which in my book, it is a big milestone. It's a decade, right? I had to do something special. I mean, I have to. And I actually mentioned in a show quite a while ago that I was trying to plan something kind of big, bigger than what I would normally do for an anniversary like this. And I know we all try to do something special for these types of holidays, but I wanted to do more than just flowers, more than going out to dinner somewhere, more than just a card. And yes, I did those things, except for the restaurant thing. And I'll usually buy flowers and bring them home, but this time I kind of changed it up a little bit. I wanted to make it a little more special. So I bought a card. And then I went down to a florist, local florist here in my town. And me and my youngest daughter, Kennedy, we picked out uh, a nice display or what's it called? This bouquet arrangement. Anyways, we picked one out and then I had it delivered with my card to my house. So I never actually do that. So it was actually a pretty cool surprise for the doorbell to ring my wife to go answer the door and this nice bouquet of flowers was waiting for her. So that is, uh, it's kind of exciting. It's kind of fun, right? I mean, she woke up in the morning and thought I did nothing because I had no flowers in the house and nothing going on. And then the doorbell rings and then here they are. So it's kind of, kind of neat, but I needed something more. I couldn't just do the regular mediocre song and dance, right? So for the big thing that I decided to do, which we haven't actually done it yet, it's not a tangible gift per se, it's more of an experience, and it's totally out of the ordinary for me, are you ready for me to say this? It's dancing. Yes, dancing, yeah, it's kind of weird for me to say. Um, And maybe not as crazy or thrilling as you thought, but this is a big deal for for me to do something like this, and it's something that my wife has wanted to do for freaking years now. So let me tell you a quick little story on this topic. So years ago, maybe even before we were married, my wife had talked to me about wanting to take salsa dance lessons. And being younger and dumber and not as not as concerned or in tune to things that she wanted at the time, you can guess what I probably said. I was like, no goddamn way. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I feel weird. I don't want to do dancing. I feel silly. I don't want to do this in front of other people and blah, blah, blah. And I told her that, said it sounded dumb. So I didn't do it. So that's not the, uh, that's not the, the best response. That's probably kind of awful thinking about it now. And she actually did the dance classes anyways. She went with her friend. She got her friend to do it with her. But then her friend canceled some of the dance classes. So my wife ended up dancing with random people that were at this dance class. And she still had fun. She told me she still had a good time. But now me thinking about all this makes me look back and see how shitty that was of me and how big of a dick I came off as. So, yeah, not good 
lighting for this guy. So anyways, now that I'm older, maybe a little wiser, I know that's cliche, I realized that back then I wasn't being a good partner. Hell, I wasn't being a good anything. So I don't know, maybe part of me wants to make that up a little bit for her. So this dance class that I'm getting scheduled, it's actually a program. It's four private lessons and then it's four group lessons and then it's four party type situational dances. So I don't know. It's kind of a big deal. It's a it's a commitment for sure. So it's going to go on for a while. We can take about one class a week or maybe two classes a week, they said, if we want to. And it's actually not that badly priced for what you get. 400 bucks for the two of us to do it. So it's pretty it's pretty rad. I don't know. And she is really excited to do this. I, I did tell her about it beforehand because I am not the guy to schedule stuff and then get sitters and then sneak around checking her work schedule and and doing all that so i had to kind of spill my master plans and let her in on it and and she's pumped about it she's happy so we did the dancing and then we are going to cook a nice dinner together tonight we we've kind of found that that is that is kind of a, a a special time an important time if we can we can both be in the kitchen, I've talked about it before, turn a little music on, you know, my kids go play or do whatever, and then my wife and I just spend time in the kitchen and just having a a nice time, you know, really bonding, cutting up food, getting stuff ready, prepping things, cooking, it's just, I don't know, with the music, the ambiance, it's it's a fun time, so... If you haven't done that yet, you should really try it. It's it's a lot of fun. Put your phones down, like I always say, and and uh, get in there, turn the tunes on, and and just cook something up. You know, find a recipe and just just cook something up. It's a it's a great bonding moment. So, anyways, now there's a little bonus too. My gift, which I actually didn't even think I was gonna get something. I didn't ask for anything. I thought this little dance thing that we were going to do together was our gift. But she did something pretty special for me, and I'm pretty pumped about. And she got us comedy tickets. That's that's right. She got me tickets to go to an Adam Carolla show, who I've talked about on this show before. Well, he's coming to town next month, so I am really excited to do that. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, and my wife's going to come with me. So should be a, a great time, another great experience. And maybe it's the age that we're at that we have everything that we really need. We, we don't need things in our house. We would rather spend money on experiences instead of stuff. We don't need more kitchen gadgets or tools or, or garden shovels or, or whatever. It's experiences that really matter more. So I know this all probably sounded very personal and very bloggy which is probably kind of boring, but just trying to get across here that we need to put in that effort. We need to try a little harder than, than we used to, I think. Over time, things can change, lives get busy, and it becomes, at times, harder to stay connected to your spouse. And I think we just need to actively work on that and actively do things that keep us connected. So... We really need to do something special. Do something more than the gas station card and flowers, right? Uh, 
And like I've said many times before, we get caught up in the monotony, in the mundane day-to-day of life, of whether you're changing diapers and whether you're staying up late with the baby, whether you're dealing with a coughing kid like I was last night, whether you're, you know, working and leaving the house and just that whole machine aspect that I've talked about. And I'm not saying that you need to go run out and take your wife or your spouse dancing, you know, but those things, those special activities or experiences that maybe they talk about or mention, maybe pencil them in on your schedule somewhere and write them down and uh, keep that mental note. And I think sometimes people wonder why things are, are shit in their relationship or where the spark is or where the spontaneity is. Well, it's, it's there. It can be there. We just have to stop using excuses and we have to go find it. And, and it just kind of harkens back to that episode where I talked about doing nice things for each other, taking each other into account and thinking of that other person maybe before thinking of yourself. And I'm not over here on some high horse, you know, trying to bestow upon you my vast knowledge of relationships. I'm not a doctor or therapist or fortune teller or any of those things. Uh, I'm guilty too. Uh, You just heard my story about telling my wife I wasn't dancing with her years ago. And things still happen today. I mean, there's still little things where we become selfish, where I become selfish and I do things for myself more than the other person. So, yeah, I am guilty as well. So there's just, uh, I don't know, there's just some times where we have to do what we know our spouses would, would like or would like us to do or like us to experience. So I'm just trying to do better. And I think the older I get, the more I really want to do that. And now I actually have my wife's birthday coming up in a week. So for that, I will probably be buying a gift, wrapping a gift, and uh, going that route. So not everything has to be super crazy special. So anyways, that's about all I have for today's episode of Stay at Home Dad's podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening today. Let's, uh, let's all just try and not even go that extra mile. Let's just go that extra step and see where that gets us. And if you have any tips for me or you think that what I said is way fucking off base or something like that, let me know. Shoot me a message on podbean.com or reach out to me on social media. You know, I always would love to hear from you. Lastly, you can get this podcast on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, or even Google Podcasts, so go out there, tell your friends. Yeah, so that's it. I will uh, talk to you next week. Later. Later.